to Punks on the Pitch podcast, the show where alternative music meets the beautiful game. Um, as always, another sort of hectic week in the world of football, as is always at the moment with fixtures coming thick and fast. But once again, I'm joined by a wonderful, wonderful guest. Um, it's a long time friend of mine who I haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, former Lavochkin vocalist and Newcastle fan, uh, Simon Sharple. Simon, how are you doing, my friend? How are you? Hello. Uh, outside of the world of football, I'm good. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> as, as can be expected amongst all this nonsense. But yeah, I'm good. It's good to see you. Yeah. We'll obviously get into why the world of football isn't great for you at the moment. Um, <laughs> but obviously, like how I always kind of start this is obviously like to kind of make the connection between sort of the music world and, and the football world. So have you been listening to, to anything exciting at the moment that you want to shout out about? Oh, God. Um, I just listen to uh, Americana these days. <laughs> nice. Um, just, uh, if we're thinking about in the heavy world, I'm really loving um, uh, Spirit Possession. I loved that last year. Um, portrayal of Guilt are just incredible at the minute, but... I'm yeah, kind of stuck in my ways with, with with the heavy music at the minute. I'm just I'm still stuck with cursed. But, yeah, that's nothing wrong with that, man. Uh, but m- m- most of the time, it's 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 listen to country music, like well, good country music. I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Be a discussion for another day on what that constitutes, <laughs> but. <laughs> but um, just because of that portrayal of guilt, you mentioned them. That new record, I think, is going to make them sort of completely blow up when that comes out sort of later this month oh god yeah i think it's gonna be a game changer honestly yeah definitely um well yeah obviously we'll get into the football chat and obviously as i mentioned at the top of the show you are a newcastle united fan for, <laughs> for your sins um kind of one of the reasons that i wanted to sort of bring you on is because you've been very outspoken about obviously Steve Bruce's sort of tenure <laughs> and I, I think because it of, of, it's all I've been using Twitter for because I'm, I'm, I'm well, pretty much a, a lurker on Twitter I just I just kind of go through it and I don't I don't post that often but I just feel like I've just been going on and on about Bruce on on, on it because we're not getting listened to and, and we get condescended to and we get told how we should be feeling about certain things. So you, you end up wanting to speak louder and louder and louder over said platform just to try and yeah people to try and get people to understand what 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 we as a fan base are, are feeling. Well, cause, so like that was the thing. Because I think we had like a little exchange, maybe sort of like tail end of last season. Mm-hmm. I think it was, and you were like, "No, I can't stand him." And at the time, like. Oh no, that was it. Yes, it was after the when football came back after the pandemic, and I was like, I think I posted something like, "Oh, Newcastle looked quite impressive after the break," and you were just <laughs> like, "Nope." I was like, "Oh, okay." So, <laughs> but obviously now it's kind of becoming a bit more evident. So I don't know. Like, have, did you when he was first appointed? Because of every there was like the romanticism about him coming to like the boy club and stuff. Were you not on board with that? Absolutely not. He's, I think he, 
like I'll be honest, and I, I didn't have anything against the man personally. He always seemed like a pretty, pretty standard guy. He's, he's well liked in the in football, and but he he shouldn't be anywhere near a big club, let alone, let alone Newcastle United. Uh, mm. He's 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 a, he's a he, he, he's the man who said that he doesn't believe in tactics. Um, I think there was a interview with Jack Grealish once where he mentioned training under Steve Bruce, where he just hoy the ball in amongst the players and went just play football. Didn't go over tactics. Didn't go over anything. And he was just like it was like he, I think he described him as Tony Pulis without a plan. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. He's Tony Pulis without a man. And he, yeah, he shouldn't have been anywhere. He's he's done in the Premier League. And I think Mike Ashley and Lee Chanley are the two people who who, who thought that it was a good idea. So at the yeah, time, yeah. I was like, nice guy. He's, he's had his time in the Premier League. He's never really accomplished anything. Um, I, I think he carved out a pretty good niche for himself in Championship football. He was doing okay with Chef Wednesday. Um, not amazingly, he wasn't pulling up trees. I don't know what he'd done for our club to think, I don't know, who will we'll, we'll get to placate the fans after our favourite manager since uh, Chris Hooten. Um, yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I still, still to this day don't get the logic because you can't even say he's a manager with experience of keeping teams up because he's been relegated before. It's yeah, like, yeah. You could say that about Sam Allardyce. I don't like Sam Allardyce. Don't like the football Sam Allardyce plays. I think he's a massively overrated shit house manager. But same. He, but completely to, to agree. Point, to this point, he's uh, he's never been relegated. So you, you have a point on that. Not with Bruce. Yeah, and I think like it's interesting because similar to to yourself, like I never kind of really rated him as a manager. Obviously, like his playing days was kind of before I was really sort of into football. But, like, obviously, from an outside perspective, everyone always goes on about Newcastle being, like, this big club that never is, like, the perennial underachiever and, and things like that. So, like, from your perspective, do you think that's the right attitude? Like, do you think that Newcastle should be a club that's pushing up the table? Or have you kind of, like, resided to the fact that you are a mid-table Premier League team at the the at the under Ashley, we are not, we're we're lucky to be a, a, a mid table uh, league. We our and that that goes beyond just uh, the kind of on the surface stuff of hey, he doesn't put money into the team, uh, but he doesn't invest. He doesn't invest in the ground. He doesn't invest in um, this training facilities. Um, I mean, if you just look at some of the things that like Leicester have planned at the moment, and I know they won the Premier League, but at one point they, they were they were they were way below us, and they've got a decent owner who didn't pull up trees, didn't didn't do a Man City, just slowly slowly built, invested in the club, and and look at them now. We should, the, 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 mm. the, the stuff they are planning is, is ridiculous. Um, so under under Mike Ashley. We would be happy to be a, a mid-table team because we, we have the facilities probably less than that. And I think there's championship clubs with better facilities. And if you just see when fans were allowed, people were taking photos of the stadium and the, there's just been no love shown to it. And to be honest, he's and he's selling the area around the stadium. He's he's essentially asset stripping the asset stripping the club. 
So under Ashley, we are a mid-table team. Under a different owner, we have the potential there to be to be a European team easily. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a one we're a one club uh, one club city. Um, well, main club city. We um, we have a, a giant stadium, a rabid fan base, and we're, we're, we've got a good name to us and a good reputation. We are a sleeping giant, so in that respect, we could be a European team um, and we could be a big team. But right now, we're not, and we have zero potential to be under the current ownership. Hmm. And just in terms of like Bruce, obviously, like as I've mentioned, you're very sort of vocal about like not wanting him in charge of the club. So hypothetical, obviously, like, and I think be a bit realistic in this but who do you think is the right person to sort of steady the ship i would love um in a perfect world i think eddie howe would be a, yeah a great manager uh a great he's just he's i like his attitude i like his i like his style of management i like the football he plays um i think he did get he got found out a bit last season when with them getting relegated but bournemouth aren't a, a massive team and i think i, I don't think they didn't. I don't think they invested wisely. They uh, they spent a lot of money on, on on average players. I think they just got caught. I think what some teams do, they get caught up in the whole. We're in the Premier League. We've got a bit of money now. Let's just splash out. They don't. Yeah. They, they don't think they signed wisely. But him as a manager would be perfect. But I'll be brutally honest. I don't know why he'd want to come to us, especially with the rumours that Celtic are sniffing around him. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I would take this is I would take Pardew back over over Steve Bruce at this point. <laughs> I, I would enough. take I would take McLaren uh, just to get rid of him. It's it's urgent. <laughs> it, it watching watching new us play at the minute. It hurts the soul. I have it, never in my life as a Newcastle fan seen us play this badly. I have never in my life as a football fan. I don't believe see. I don't think I've seen any team put put a run of performances like we have been since the pandemic started. I'm not. Hmm. Uh, it, it, we started off quite well when the football returned last season after after lockdown, but then we got found out so bad. The first game of the season where we beat West Ham away, and then since then it's just been it's been awful. Every win has come with a caveat of, of, of how bad we were. And, and, it, and it's just frustrating that no one else seems to see how bad it is. And they consistently compare... They tell us to get over Rafa, but then consistently compare Bruce to Rafa. But if you watch the games, you'd know that Rafa had a plan. He had a plan. Mm. We were defensive, but he had a plan. And then as soon as he got the front three that he wanted the last half of his last season with us, when he had Almiron, Rondon and Perez, the front kind of three he wanted, we played some really good football that has been completely forgotten. Um, so, the, yeah, it, I would take uh, uh, in a, a dream world. And, and I know we're going to like, oh, Stuart Newcastle won rougher. But, like, <laughs> he, wouldn't, he won't come back under this management. Uh, but he's more likely than a lot of good managers to because he loves the he loves the club, he loves the fans. But I think realistically, we're looking at Eddie Howe. And then if I'm being brutally realistic, if we sack Bruce, we end up with Mark Hughes, which is not, not going to be much better. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like Mark Hughes kind of has a plan. 
when when his teams play. But it's just it's just those. I hate the culture of that British manager, and just because he's British and one of the lads and he's played, that he they get the the pundits give them such a stay of execution and. And, and then they get hired and hired again and again. It's it, there's that joke in Athletic Mince where it's like they just get hired just to come in like a shit and then get fired and get the little severance package and then the, the yeah repeats. yeah. And Steve Bruce is the epitome of that, the epitome of it. Uh, yeah. He and me, my opinion of him has gone from nice guy, um, shouldn't be Newcastle manager, but let's give him a chance because he's our manager to. He's probably my least favourite Newcastle manager, uh, except for maybe Sunes, that we've ever had. I, I, I hate him more than Daglish, and Daglish sold Les Ferdinand, <laughs> which is unforgivable. <laughs> so, yeah, Eddie Howe would be wonderful, but it looks like Celtic is sniffing around him. It looks like we're, I think we're going to pull the trigger too late, if we even pull the trigger at all on Bruce. I think it's the same job mm. in football, but I can get to that, the reasons why later, if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously at the moment, like at the time of us recording this, Newcastle sit 15th in the table. Do you, do you think if Bruce stays, he has enough like gumption in him to keep the team up? No. No. No? He's lost, he's lost the players. He's, um, he's certainly lost the fans, obviously, but... He doesn't. There's no. We've had, I think, I think I've read it, ten different centre midfield pairings this season. Do you remember when the, the way he shifts his teams around? It's reactionary. There's no plan. He just reacts to the last loss. But you don't react yeah. to the last loss. You plan for the next match, taking into account what went right, what went wrong in the last matches. He doesn't do that. And then he, then we come across a whole different set of problems. It, it's the weirdest management. And he, and he. The players have absolutely no idea whether they're playing next week. You, you have my Longstaff who hasn't played all season, then he gets thrown in three games in a week. <laughs> like it's like what? And, and it, the players' fault because you know players like John Joe Sovi left out of the team under Rafa. Players like that are getting an easy ride in training, and they get an easy ride. So they probably enjoy playing under Bruce because they get an easy ride, and they um, they get to earn their paycheck. But it's not going to yeah, work. Yeah. We're going to get relegated. And uh, because West Brom may have just lost last night against a surprisingly good West Ham team under Moyes, who I think is one of those British managers who just come in get a paycheck. But West Brom beat Wolves the other day. They have the yeah, yeah. they have it in them. To get a result, Fulham beat Leicester away this season. I think it was away, but whatever. Uh, Leicester are mint this season, and, and uh, Fulham beat them. So Fulham have it in them to get that result. Um, I don't I think. Well, obviously Sheffield United are done. Really. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I know Leeds are getting pulled into it, but they can be so impressive on their day. And um, who else is there down there? So even... Brighton and Burnley. Burn well, Burnley will be fine, uh, and Brighton I think will be fine. Brighton, Brighton play good football, and they've got quite a. They've got like a manager who knows what he's doing. To be honest, yeah, that nice. Um, uh, yeah, Brighton smashed us three 0 at our place to start the season. They just blew us away straight from the off because they knew what they had a game plan and it worked. 
we, I don't see where another goal from open play is coming from. Like, and I'm mm. not just being over the top. I honestly can't see us scoring a goal, never mind winning a game. Um, yeah. I, I think we, I just, and I, I honestly, it, we've got, we've got Everton coming up. We're not, we beat them early in the season, but not, under, not in this form. Not yeah. Well, like the like the games that I, like obviously I've seen like the highlights and stuff on match of the day, but the, the when I've like watched like full Newcastle games, and again I think like we might have spoken about this. I can't remember the one sort of shining light that I've always seen with Newcastle is Caldarlo. Like he's been phenomenal this season. So yeah. I don't know, like. You don't want to rely on your goalkeeper too much, but is there kind of that bit of hope of like, if he can kind of keep the odd clean sheet, then it might be feasible? Or is he kind of you've got to just score. you've got to score to yeah. make points from a clean sheet? And the fact that our goalkeeper again last season it was Dubrovka, this season it's it's Dalo. The fact that your goalkeeper is the best player on the pitch is is a bad bad sign. <laughs> a bad sign. It. it you can celebrate how good a keeper is all you like, but there's only so much that you can do. Um, um, I suppose we're spoiled with goalkeepers in Newcastle. We've always had good goalkeepers. Yeah, so, yeah. Brooklyn and, and Darlan out. To the point where we've had to send uh, Freddie Woodman out on loan, and he's absolutely smashing it for Swansea. Um, and we uh, and just we've always had good goalkeepers. We we always had Given and Harper. We've yeah. Roll. Tim Crawl, and then even back in the day, we had Shaka Hislop. Uh, oh, Shaka. What a hero Shaka yeah. is. So, like, we've always been blessed with goalkeepers. So, I suppose we're quite spoiled in the fact I don't really. You should have a good goalkeeper. You should have a good goalkeeper. No team should have a sketchy goalkeeper at this day and age. It's it, it, it's it's one. It's like one posi- position. You have one goalkeeper, like main goalkeeper in your team. You should be able to find a good enough goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, 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 if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, good for Carl Dalla. Yeah, he's improved. He's, he's always been a really good shot stopper. What his problem was, which is the problem that we had with Rob Elliott as well, who was a great shot stopper, is that they didn't have like a commanding presence in the box, and they didn't have the kind of the organisation sometimes. And Carl Dalla seems to really, really improve that because mm. until then, when we when it was Dalla and, and Elliott, we we were quite weak, the weakest we'd been for a while goalkeeper wise, and that's why Debrug. Was such a good signing, uh, even though he does have a mistake in him sometimes. But like I said, if, if you're allowing that many shots on your goal, you keep going to make a mistake eventually. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's it's a sad thing when you keep as like the talking point of your season because they really shouldn't be. Keepers <laughs> yeah. should be going about the business, keeping the goal the, the goals out, and then and then your outfield players need to be performing. Yeah. I don't know how they, and they can perform like. The amount of positions Almiron's played this season, uh, Joel Linton this season, like the, the players don't know where they're coming or going, and you don't have, you need to have a central. The, the spine of your team is your central midfielder, and it's just it's Hendrick and Hayden, one of the long staffs, and it, 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 there's been ten different partnerships, and not one of them has worked. When under Rafa, yeah. Uh, Sean Longstaff and, and Isaac Hayden looked like world beers. They, they, they were brilliant to the point where there was rumours that Man City were going to offer us 50 million for Sean Longstaff. And we were, I was hoping we'd turn it down. Now I don't. 
the, the decline of, of him, I really like Sean Anthony. I think he's a great player, but the decline of him under Steve Bruce just shows you what kind of manager Steve Bruce is. The decline of a lot of our players. Um, and it's a problem. And it's a problem that I don't understand why Mike Ashley doesn't realise because one of his business models is to buy young players from Europe or, or South America and then sell them on for more money, say like he did with Aosi Perez. For like, I think we bought mm. 1.5 million, sold them for about 30. Uh, it doesn't work when you're signing players and they just regress. They regress yeah. under the management because he has no he has no skills in developing players like 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 Rafa does. Or yeah, so it, you you're costing yourself money there. And uh, what, whatever happened with Joe Linton is beyond me. It's such a weird signing that like I wouldn't be surprised if something dodgy happened with that. That it was a yeah. Dodgy. It was a dodgy, uh, <laughs> something dodgy happened because it's bizarre to, to, to go from not spending any money, not wanting, we didn't break our transfer until we signed Almiron. We didn't break our transfer record, which was Michael Owen to put yeah, it yeah. how long it'd been. And then to suddenly fork out 40 million on a, on a, on a, on a unproven young player who isn't an out and out striker and then play measure striker is, is it's a very bizarre. And it, it's kind of, I, I, I just, I suspect there's something insidious at the heart of it, but I don't know what, what that could be. <laughs> but. And if we just kind of like talk a bit more about sort of like the club in general, like obviously I always like to make the comparisons with like how the connection with like the punk world and the football world mix. And I think Newcastle is a really good example of that because you, as you mentioned earlier, like they've got like this feverish sort of like fan base that sort of like follows them through thick and thin. And obviously like there's also like the working class mentality that's also kind of tied in with Newcastle. So I don't know, like what do you kind of see if there is a connection between Newcastle and the punk world, what would your connection be? <laughs> I don't... The... I think... It's it's mainly a left wing club. So you have you have that attitude, and it's a, it's a working class club for sure. And it's 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 got. I think the main fans of the Newcastle support the team like you would feverishly support the punk scene, and yeah. same with people who have the working class or the, or, or the lower class who don't have much going on in their lives, much to be happy about, and then you find punk rock, and it gives you a meaning. And it gives you a community to be a part of. I feel like that is a completely what I think any football club is about. But I feel I get that from Newcastle. It's it's, it's that some people's lives uh, hinge on how Newcastle are doing. Like yeah. that's one of the, the strengths of our club, I think. And also, obviously, it's a sad thing because, it, yeah, the, the the way we are at the minute, it, there's there's a lot of miserable people. I suppose with punk rock. Like good band comes through, a bad band comes through. You know, you always do a, like fun times in the, in the in the community. But at the minute, with us, it's just it's it's just say like a terrible covers band came through, and <laughs> <laughs> or just, just yeah, it's just uh, just it's it's like. Yeah, like you, you, you've got this community, you've got this punk rock scene. You, you, ha you love it. It gives you a, a sense of, of being and something to look forward to. And every every night is a is a god awful band that that <laughs> spits in your face and is rude. 
parents. <laughs> That's what it's like at the minute. It's that miserable. So yeah, it's it's like being in a really sad punk rock scene. <laughs> <laughs> and just in terms of like yourself, obviously, like you are from Newcastle and stuff like that. So like, was kind of like football a big part of like your like you growing up and stuff uh, like that? Did you kind I'm of get from into Durham, it? So. Like, oh, okay. When I went from in Durham, you were kind of like, you grew up being a, a Newcastle fan, really. You've, most of your friends were. I, my parents were from um, from Warsaw. Right. Uh, black country. So my my dad used to take me to Warsaw matches as well as taking me to Newcastle matches, which I wanted to go to because all my friends supported Newcastle. That's how I got into supporting Newcastle from when I was a young age. But I used to go to like uh, Warsaw matches as well when I was when I was young with my with my father. Um, so it's always been quite a, a big uh, thing in my life. Um, it was a good bonding thing to have with my dad, even though we didn't support the same team. It was a bonding thing because we, we didn't have a, too much in, in, in common, really. When I, especially mm. when I became like a teenager, he never understood me being an angry, angry goth. <laughs> <He never, laughs> as a teenager, and like there was a kind of a, a schism, schism between like me and my parents for a long time during that period but that was always a really good bonding experience and it was just nice that we supported different teams but we each could go to each other's games mm. and, and and so that it was always really important to me yeah it was it was like a it was nice he was in football mad and i think it was it wasn't until i was about five that i really got into it you see fathers like playing kickabout with like their toddlers and stuff and he didn't really have that with me i was kind of scared of the ball i was a, I was a <laughs> but when I find, when I got into it through through school and friends, and although yeah, I grew to support a different team to him. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was a good way to keep keep us close when we didn't have too much in common. Yeah, and it's weird. Like I've got like a weird kind of like connection with Newcastle in some senses. So I think I can't, if you, did you have you ever met my brother? I can't remember if you did or not. Oh, I don't think so. No. So my older brother, he's not into football at all. Mm -hmm. But when we were growing up, for some reason, like he dabbled into it a little bit. And this was like before I was kind of old enough to really appreciate football and whatever. And for some reason, he latched onto Newcastle. God knows why. Um, I'll probably tell you why. It, it, for back in the day, it may have been with the King years, but the thing about Newcastle is we're always we were we used to be. I don't feel that way anymore. It's all very grey at the moment. But it used to be we were kind of one step away from from glory, but then also at the same time a step away from like complete disaster. And we're all, <laughs> always yeah. on like a knife edge. There was always this knife edge, and you we. That's one of the reasons I think we get labelled with this mad brush and we get labelled with our big club and we get kind of ridiculed by other fans because it's always been a really, especially since I've been supporting us, a really just silly club at times. We'll, yeah, go, yeah. we'll go on this run, we'll, we'll be 12 points ahead for the for the title after only been promoted for a few seasons and uh, and then we'll blow it completely. Uh, yeah. And, and those kind of things. And Keegan, Keegan leaves... Uh, and Dag Leach takes over, sells all our players, and then we nearly get relegated under him. Did Dag Leach reputed to be one of the best managers of all time? Nearly relegated us, and then and then we kind of built our way back up with Bobby Robson, um, signed players like Mike Lowen, then Shearer and Owen Cage, and it's just 
it's all we've always been like, just a step away from glory, step away from disaster. So I think it's like a, a as a neutral or just kind of like someone who's just dipping the toe in and just looking in. We've always been quite um, an attractive club in that respect because it is silly and fun, but also you go through so many emotions supporting Newcastle that it's always been like that. Like uh, it just unfortunately under. The 14 years and is it 14 years now under, under Ashley? That kind of sense has been eroded now, and now mm. it's just miserable and it's just disaster. Yeah, <laughs> there's no glory at all, or no no tease or or, or hope of glory. Unfortunately, yeah, and because well that's because I was gonna say because I think like we still got it in like my parents' house. Like he bought this like um like Newcastle mug that had like all the like. Type, like trophies and stuff that they won and stuff like that and <laughs> things like that. Point. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so I just thought it was quite funny that I've got that weird connection with with the club. And um, before we kind of move on, like what I always like to ask as well is like either past or present, like during your time sort of supporting the club, is there kind of like a player that you think like that represents or embodies like? The punk ethos for Newcastle at all? Oh, <laughs> I think we've had a lot of players like that. We've had a lot of mercurial players who just who are passionate and <laughs> this might be a funny one. What about Festino Aspria? He came. Oh, in... That was the one that came to my head as well. <laughs> to be honest, he came in. He wasn't here for long. Uh, and on times he was just incredible. Like the goals against Barcelona, I was my favorite goal celebration of all time. I was at, I was at this game. We were playing um, FC. Uh, we were playing Mets. One of the FC Mets, you call the French team. Yeah. In Europe, and <laughs> he scored two goals. Got a yellow card for he took his he took his top off, draped it over kind of like over the corner flag, and then held it the corner flag in the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he got a yellow card, and then he got injured and and summed up, carried off the stretcher. I was like, I just summed up his time at Newcastle. So just, just yeah, the raging, just passion and, and silliness and fun. Um, yeah, Festino Aspria, and the, the fact that he's kind of carried on that life <laughs> since leaving. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, before we move from Newcastle, I just want to say one thing. Like, yeah, yeah, we had to take over, and. Um, we had the takeover that hasn't transpired, and unfortunately, Mike Ashley's got into this kind of legal battle with the Premier League. And a lot of our fans seem to think that means that the takeover is going to go through. And I don't believe that at all. I think it's just Mike Ashley striving to get one over in the Premier League. And if he does, then he'll get one over on them. And I think that's it. He's not. And it's it's weird because the club now is just sleepwalking. Like there was a story just De- DeAndre Yedlin's contract runs out. I think he's got. I think he's got less. Less than six months on it, and yeah. he came out and said that he hasn't heard from the club about it, whether they're extending it, whether they're going to let it run out, and his representatives have been in touch with them, and they just haven't got back to him. This is a first team player in our team, and one of the reasons I think Bruce isn't going to get sacked is because I don't think anyone's running the club at the minute. Like genuinely, yeah, yeah. It might sound like I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting into a conspiracy, but I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone's running the club. Like, I don't think anyone's going to sack Bruce, A, because they don't want to pay the money. But if you want to think of it in compensation, Mike, if we get relegated, there's no chance he's getting that he's getting the takeover and the money he wants for the club. No chance that we get relegated. 
But yeah. I, I, I feel like they're putting all their eggs in this takeover basket and the club's just sleepwalking. There's no one in charge at the minute at all. I mean, like, he's always been kind of like a, a very uh, owner who doesn't look like he's doing anything. But like, it's even more so now. I, I, I want to start, I want to bring attention. I, I, how can we have this big thing about proper owner checks that was obviously the main drama through our attempted takeover? But people like, like Ashley, you're allowed to buy football clubs and then just yeah. utterly. As, he's, he's asset stripping our club. He, he buys young players, sells them on for loads of money. I know you were entitled to do that because you bought the player, but he sold the he sold the area around the ground. We can't now ever expand St James's Park because it's now owned by developers. That is, yeah. that is asset stripping the club, and he hides under this fake uh, loan that he paid us, and he still holds that over our heads. It's like, why do you say you pay, we owe you money for a loan? You're the owner of the football club. And he's asses from this club. So just because I, I, the Premier League can say that they, they do these owner tests and they're not allowing us to be taken over by Saudis, who, yes, very, very questionable. Uh, if they are a part of the Saudi government, it's a different conversation for another time. But then you have people like Mike Ashley, who's going to come in and asset strip a club for 14 years to the point where like no longer resembles the same club it was when he started and how how is he allowed to pass these ownership tests and you see so many clubs now going into administration because of sketchy owners so don't tell me that you've got a proper owners owners test for for potential owners when you're allowing this to happen just because um just because he's english doesn't mean that he's not a sketchy bastard yeah and the hypocrisy of the premier league at the minute is absolutely rife and it's uh, the whole, and you just see these teams going into administration. Uh, if if we if we were, we can look at what happened to Sunderland. Like yeah, it's it, I I don't I think Elias Short and I think he ran the it's not nice place to talk on Sunderland because I'm in Sunderland. Elias Short ran the club badly. I don't think he ran it insidiously. But those new owners that came in, they said all the right things and look at look at what's happening now. And like mm. these people aren't being checked. And obviously, you you'll you'll check you'll check uh, this Saudi buyers, won't you? But you're not going to check properly just this this chancer from from uh, London. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's very frustrating. And you know that we didn't get taken over because the big six sniffed the nose, Qatar sniffed the nose at it, and the Premier League had to had to kind of play ball with those clubs rather than us. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, and then you hide behind these, these these owner tests, and then but then you allow clubs to be stripped, you allow clubs to go into administration due to these owners, and it, it, the hypocrisy is just shocking at the minute. And it's it's really taking people's love out out of the game. The kind of the, yeah, I think I think the Premier League, the you, you can say what you like about FIFA, it's it's on it's on there all to see, but the the the, the corruption in the Premier League as well is is absolutely shocking, and that's just not me just saying this as a bit of Newcastle fan who wanted rid of Ashley, but it's 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 becoming more and more obvious, just like you saw under FIFA. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like we've spoken about it on this podcast like numerous times, like the financial impact that's had on the game. And like you saying there about like the ownership, like so because obviously I'm a Portsmouth fan, we've had our own fucking money 
worries, and that essentially yeah. led to us getting like going into um, administration, going down the leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thankfully, like we've got a good enough community here that we were able to build up our club again. Yeah, and like now, weirdly, like owned by the dude that runs Disney, <laughs> but like he does it like in a really like he's still essentially like hands ownership back to the club. Like, yeah, he's the main investor, mm-hmm. but everything's still being run by people that know the club. So like Mike Catlin. That's yeah, exactly. Like we, we, Mike we, Catlin, who's our like um I can't remember what his exact like title is, but he is a Portsmouth businessman and he knows the club, he knows the city, but he's got this financial backing of this American, but he's not a guy that's chucking money at the club. He's which is like the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're, we're run by a guy who obviously doesn't know football in this life. <laughs> <laughs> and then our managing director is a guy who doesn't know football in the slightest. Which we've been run by businessmen who don't know football, and uh, it's even more prevalent now because we don't have even fans in the stadium. It's like we're watching like our club being beaten to death from like a distance, and we can't get close to it as it happened. There's not, there's no one who knows the the alienate, they've alienated Keegan, they've alienated Shearer. There's 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 no one who knows Newcastle, who loves Newcastle, involved in the club really, like. Peter Beardsley had to go for obvious reasons that has nothing to do with Mike Ashley. But it's just, there's nothing, it, it's Newcastle United in name at the moment. Yeah. And it's, it's and the games are played at St. James's Park, where you can call it playing. And like, <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, like I said, there's nothing community about it at the minute. And it, it was, but well, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a depressing time. And, and it's we don't demand the, the misconception that we want to be in the champion. It, it boils my fucking sorry, my piss. When no, I no, see, no, you're good. When I see pundits like Lauren, like Lawrenson, and even like younger pundits like Darren Ben, people telling us that trying, I, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but we've been they're trying to gaslight Newcastle fans into thinking that this is okay. It's not okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not okay from top to bottom. It's it's not okay that Bruce are managing. It's obvious that it's not working. And finally, we're going to start. We're starting a pundit saying it's not working. But then you've got Gary Neville, who I normally rate as a pundit, saying, "Well, it's just the same as under Rafa." It wasn't. We had a game plan. We had tactics. We had a manager who knew how to develop play. It's going to be a different thing. And I I I completely agree with. He's like, we need a new owner, and it's not going to get better under Mike Ashley. But like, don't tell us what we're watching is not. Like what we're seeing, and what we yeah. what we think is not right. It, it, it's it's bizarre when they say Newcastle fans demand you don't want to be playing the Champions League. No, we don't. We honestly <laughs> just want a club that is ours. It's back to being ours again. We 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 have communication with the board. We go. We can go to matches. We can. We we're heard, and and we have a team that that tries. And we have a team that looks like it, 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 there's, a, there's a plan there. And it, basically, we just want a football club. And we're not a football club at the minute. We've got a manager who doesn't believe in tactics. And we've got, a, we've got an owner who's currently not paying any attention to us because he wants to, he wants to win this court case to one-up over the Premier League, who he feels has cost him uh, millions of pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all we want. We just want our club back. And we want to feel like it's our club again. Because right now, it's really not. I mean, I'm not watching another game until Bruce goes. I can't do it. It's it, it's sour. 
it's yeah and i i don't know if that makes me a shit fan but <laughs> i come home from work i put the, the the game on and it just drains my soul it it sucks the marrow from my bones <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and and then and then i'm sour for the rest of the night i want to i want to sit at home with my wife and dogs and, and be happy and enjoy yeah, my yeah, yeah. it just sucks your life away. and this is a fan who lives in leeds and I don't, I don't feel like it is completely all my life. I have music and film and writing, and but you still have these these sixty year old, seventy year old men or, or or younger guys who don't have maybe a, a, a music community. You don't have that, and football is their life, and the one thing they put their life into isn't theirs. Yeah, it's yeah. Not theirs anymore, and there's nothing they can do about it. It's 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 like it's like running in a dream. <laughs> you can't run. <laughs> yeah thinking of the ground it, it's that futile and it just feels like there's just the, the 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 kind of buzz around that last takeover was the last kind of shred of hope we had mm. and, and then it just went Rafa went yeah. takeover went over the summer and it was just that was the last shred of hope we had and now if who else is going to buy us if this team if this lot can't buy us, the Premier League aren't going to pass anyone. I don't think anyone's going to be able to buy us because they know we could be a massive club if with the right owners. And Tottenham Hotspur don't want that. Liverpool don't want that. Man United don't want that. Man City don't want that. Arsenal don't want that. They don't want another team. They're already pissed off enough that Leicester won the title. So <laughs> yeah. I don't believe we're ever going to get taken over. So then what, where, where it goes now? We've got an owner who doesn't want to be our owner. We're, and if we get relegated this season, we are, we're, we are sinking like stones. We... We got promoted last time we relegated with Rafa Benitez as our manager, and we spent all right amount of money for a champ- uh, um, a championship team. If we get relegated again, we're, we're going to have Steve Bruce or worse as our manager, and we're going to have no money for players. So we're not coming yeah. back up. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be at risk of doing a Sunderland. Uh, of yeah. Um, yeah. Who's gonna buy us then? Who's gonna buy us then? What's gonna no, happen? No, that's fair. And then, the, it, it's almost. It's almost that point where, like in a film, where the uh, where the protagonist uh, is, is dying, and then he drags the villain down with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's maybe that's all we can offer. We get relegated again. At least we, at least my Mike Ashley loses a ton of money on this football club, the club that he is just stripped and just mistreated for. I think I think it is fourteen years now. I try not to count anymore. But yeah, sorry, that's, my, that's my rant. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't think we should be winning the fucking Champions League. We just want a club that that is our club again. We just want yeah to be a team, a football team again that tries that that has hope and strives for something. But right now, it it, it is, it's nothing. It's just a it's just a bloated corpse with you poking with a stick. <laughs> I, want uh, I think what Mike Ashley looks like. I think <laughs> I'm gonna to get too dark. I'll 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 not go any darker. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> In terms of like obviously other things, well, kind of in nicely segue. Obviously, the last game that Newcastle had was the three 0 loss to to Arsenal, and they've kind of got rid of. I could. I, I turned it on for like five minutes. Went. Oh, we're not getting beat yet. And then, and then, uh, I 
my last was like, we're not, we're not watching this while we're having tea. Like, let's put. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I, lasted, I lasted the last match. I lasted a half. Um, so yeah, uh, from all accounts, it was it was the funny thing about it was it was Steve Bruce going, the gloves are off now, and like we're gonna do things my way. How else have you been doing it for eighteen months? You useless pudding. Like he, he acts like <laughs> he's just joined the he's just joined the team. He's been manager for eighteen bloody months. Uh, and then at the start, we really believe we were even worse with the gloves yeah. off. He's an absolute joke of this man. And how anyone in the media can defend him and still think that they retain any credibility as a pundit is beyond me. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason I bring it up is just because obviously Arsenal have kind of shifted some some dead weight in some aspects. In yes. Meza Ozil finally leaving the club. Um, this is something that we've kind of followed as a podcast quite closely because... I've had quite a few Arsenal fans on and they've kind of had mixed feelings about like Ozil's position. But obviously I think there was a, like a piece in the Guardian. They kind of summed it up really well. It is, feels like a huge sigh of relief all round for this. So it would be if they didn't keep making the same mistakes as they do. That, that was the mistake they made with Ozil in the first place. I mean, I really liked him before he yeah, signed, I did. Before he signed for Arsenal, he was one of my favourite kind of players. that didn't play in England, um, and I was quite because I, I get excited when good players join. Like, like if Man United wouldn't Man United say I, I hate Man United, he's my best friend supports them. But like when Man United signed Edison Cavani, I was like, oh yeah, it's yeah. Nice to have, he's past his best. But nice to have Cavani in the league, and just it's nice to have. And I get excited when like players like that sign to join the Premier League and then... You yeah, know, yeah, definitely. In the context of the Premier League. And I was very excited about Ozil, but they bought him probably past his best. Um, and they signed him for ridiculous, ridiculous wages. And then, yeah, and then they keep doing that. They did it with David Luiz, past his best, signed him for ridiculous wages. They've just done it with William. So they're going to keep... Yeah. They're going to keep whatever drama and what, however Arsenal fans feel about Ozil that... If they keep doing this over and over again, they're going to keep ending up with the same result. But, like, the reason I think it's quite interesting because obviously there's been like numerous kind of like questions around the situation of him not pay, like playing and like the whole sort of, as you mentioned there, like the, the ridiculous wage that he was on. Mm-hmm. From like just a kind of a, like a management standpoint, do you think that he was treated? Fairly in the whole like not playing him situation. It depends what's happened because if you look at it from like a Portsmouth fan looking in, a Newcastle fan looking in, you're like, Ozil's a good player. Why is he not remote on the bench? No matter what, if he doesn't fit your tactics, at least I don't see why he couldn't be an option. So, yeah, I don't know what's happened there, but obviously it's something that's in reckons they haven't. It's something that's not going to be able to be fixed. So it's not. I don't think it's. I don't like when players get treated like that. I don't like when players get get relegated to like the reserves or they get. Yeah, shot. yeah. It sounds. I don't mean dramatic, but it's kind of form of abuse because he's a he's a grown man earning over three hundred thousand a week or something, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah. But it's, it's very. It's not a good, nice thing to do. Like what. To a lesser extent, what Mourinho's done with Deli Ali or what Mourinho's doing with Danny Rose. And I mean, you've got Danny Rose, a veteran, an England international, and yeah, he didn't tear up trees when he was on loan up for us. 
But you don't just relegate a player like Danny Rose to the reserves. I think it's I think it's disrespectful, and I, and I, I don't know what other word to use other than abusive. But you you know what I mean. It's not quite. Yeah, abusive, yeah, yeah. But it's it's disrespectful. It's not good. So I, I don't like that behaviour anyway. And when you've got a player of the calibre of 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 Ozil, like it's, I, I just think there's something something darker going on there. If you get me yeah i agree the, but the one thing that I was, i found quite funny is like now that the the deal has like officially been made he said that joining fenerbahce is a dream come true and i'm not being funny but nobody dreams of playing for fenerbahce seriously well, he has, he's of turkish descent isn't he and he has, i suppose but he's very, he's very um outspoken about turkish politics and and things like that so he obviously has a affinity for, for 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 that country so maybe he wanted to end his career or maybe yeah maybe i'm being a bit cynical yeah so i can i can see that and i suppose that playing anywhere would be a dream if you've just been sat on the bench but then i don't imagine that that fenerbahce will be paying him the same wage as arsenal were paying him so no i'm trying to see if there's details but it just says um a three and a half year deal it doesn't say any sort of like wages or anything like I was, that. So. Uh, I was just sad to see him. Like, I don't like when players kind of. Uh, Turkey's a weird league where it's like got some good, kind of got some good like Galatasaray and Fenerbahce, like well known teams. But I feel like players kind of go there when it's just not working out for them in the Premier League. So I don't know. Yeah, how, yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's an odd one. Like, but I would have liked to see him stay in the Premier League, but I guess, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, that wasn't possible. But. Yeah, I don't think well, anyone in the Premier League is willing to do his wages, are they? Yeah, on his day, he's a great player. He really is. I, I, always, yeah. I, I, I always thought he was a great player. So it's, it's a shame how that turns out because although he doesn't play for Newcastle, it, I, I do like seeing the best players in the league. And the, the weird thing is, though, that's why I love Kevin De Bruyne, players like that. Just, you just love mm. It's worth... I, I, I prefer... I watched uh, Man United Liverpool the other day. Like all the way through and I've been trying to catch other games rather than watch Newcastle matches for the first time ever. It's it's really strange. But I tell you what, after on that how the big teams have been playing against the big six, so called, they've been playing against each other and how entertaining the games haven't been. It's like, well good luck if you have that break off Super League. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not going to be very exciting. Like the quality of these matches haven't been great. So maybe we do need I don't know what happens. You get players like Paul Pop Pogba who comes to Man United and then he just he's still a good player and you can still see he's there and he has his moments but he's not the Paul Pogba who played for Juventus and it's odd it's like yeah. what, what does this league do to like to players when they come here is it just a harder league would you say like because the only player who's I don't know who's been cons- you've got like there's obviously Austria like, there's um, Aguero who came here and then it's just been incredible like, yeah so maybe it's just it's maybe it's just a completely different league, and it's sometimes you can be the greatest player in in Europe or around the world, and you come here and you just can't work it out. I think it's to do with like the sort of like intensity of like the English game that kind mm-hmm. of is a big part of it because like you look at like the Italian league for for an example, like the way they play in like stereotypically is a lot more sort of like fluid passing, a lot more kind of laid back. Mm-hmm. And there's not a like, obviously there is an emphasis on defense, but whereas in the Premier League, 
it's that high pressing, high like pressure sort of situation that is in every game, no matter what team you are. So I think like that's kind of probably part of it. Like especially like a player like Pogba that's used to having so much space on the ball to like play his game. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I think it like when there was the whole rumors with Messi maybe coming to like Man City like at the beginning of the season, it would have been interesting to see how he fit because he plays in a league where and in a team that everything revolves around him. Mm-hmm. So like if he were to come to see, it's almost putting a target on his back immediately for like your players, like I don't know, like Kante or something, just to get a, get a few dicks in him or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's why. But that's why I like when players like that come to this league because it's just it is interesting to see what happens. That's why I was it was interested in the Pogba transfer because he was at Man United before, then he left, mm, yeah, he back, and then he still hasn't been it hasn't been incredible, has he? I don't, yeah. I, I I think it was probably best that Messi didn't go to to Man City because although he's still playing like Messi, he's not having like the best season at the minute, and like maybe like emotionally he's not having the best season. He just hasn't been happy at all. He got his, yeah, but sent off for the first time like in for Barcelona. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Some of the back there. That's that's kind of the actions of someone who's not having a very good time at the minute. So yeah. if, in this frame of mind, if he came to Man City and he had some of our defenders going into the back of him that we have in this league, I, I don't think it would have worked out for him, I don't think. No, not at all. Um, one of the other things that's kind of obviously happened this week, um, it's a, well, it's not a non-story because it's kind of big, but obviously Phil Neville <laughs> stepping away from, from the Lionesses and going to his buddy's club over in America, into Miami. Um before like we kind of dig into it, do you sort of follow the women's game at all, or not, not too really? much? Like if it's on, I will, I will, I'll watch it and stuff, and I'll, I'll try and follow like stuff like the lionesses and whatnot. But I'll, I'll, I'll admit that I'm not like too knowledgeable, well, not at all knowledgeable on it. Yeah, really. I mean, like but... I, 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 I've just been trying to get into like the Newcastle lasses just to try and get yeah. up on them more because I'm like I might put I might try and follow. The, uh, the, the 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 female um, uh, Newcastle team just as a as a respect from from yeah. the men's game. So I, I think I'm it's something I'm looking to get into more. But like following Phil Neville with the Lionesses, I just think he's got a bit of arrogance about him from Neville. And I thought I think he he thought he was too good for for women's football. Well, so this is why I asked the question because I know I've got some friends that that are avid sort of. Um, WSL followers, followers yeah. of the Lionesses, and things like that, and like they are so happy that he's now gone. Like mm-hmm. I know there was um, movements to to bring in a, I, my mind blanks at who the manager is. This this Dutch manager that's going to be replacing him, mm-hmm. but because I know there was an agreement that she was going to see out the end of her contract with the uh things with the Dutch team at the moment and never uh, and so therefore Neville was gonna see out the end of his kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like they like they weren't happy with how Neville was running the Lionesses and, and stuff like that, like from a fan perspective. So they're really glad to see him go. So and as you say, there was that arrogance around I like, think in like he he was too big for to be in that position. 
and he... now the fact he's gone to a, an MLS club is like, you're still not quite where you want to be, though, are you, mate? <laughs> well, an MLS club that he's only got the job because he's mates with the owner. Like, yeah. like he's been, and yeah, I always had that about him, <laughs> about Phil Neville. I just thought he thought he was going to walk into women's football. Uh, I'm, fi- I'm the Phil Neville. I was one of like Fer- Ferguson's babies. And I-, I thought he thought he was just going to shit it. And like, yeah, yeah. He-, he didn't at all. And, and it-, uh, it was getting worse and worse. And he had people didn't like him in the job. So I don't know why he thinks he can just. I'm a bit disappointed with Beckham for hiring him because I am, to be fair, yeah. In the Mi- in Miami, they're called Inter Miami for a start, and they're owned by <laughs> David Beckham. There's a chance there that that could be a really, really funny, like entertaining club to follow. Yeah. And, um, they're gonna they're gonna do the MLS thing of new MLS thing with money behind them. They're gonna sign like amazing players who are way past the best, and it's just gonna be entertaining. And then. I would love to have seen some unrealistic, like they offered Diego Simeone like a ridiculous amount of money to be the manager. Just get a really entertaining kind of loose kind of manager in there and then just see what happens. But then they've just gone really safe with Phil Neville. And like, yeah, like yeah. I said, he thinks now, oh, I'm in the, I've moved on from football. I'm, I'm in the, I'm playing, like I'm where he feels like he should be. But you're in the, um, I'm no disrespect to MLS, but like you're in MLS, you've only a new team, you've only got the job because you're made to the owner. Like you haven't kind of earned anything and you haven't you're not you're not doing what you think you're doing. If that no. makes sense. That's the thing, like if he's got aspirations to like manage in the Premier League and whatever, like this isn't to shit on on the Lionesses because like I think they've got a great squad around them. They've got potential to potentially be the first England team to win a World Cup, like, in our generation, anyway. But, like, that was a, a clearer stepping stone to get into the into Premier League management than yeah. jumping ship to, to the MLS. And, like, I saw a stat that, like, okay, like, this was into Miami's first year in the MLS, but they didn't have an outfield player that scored more than five goals. <laughs> and it's just like... Oh, yeah, it's just one of it's like, is Phil Neville really going to be the great white hope that transform the team? Exactly. I, I don't see it. To be yeah, honest. it's 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 a it's a, such a boring safe bet, but not but it might not even be that boring. Normally implies that it'll kind of work, but like it doesn't even seem like that's going to work. And he's just an odd one. He seems if he wants to get a Premier League job, he needs to roll up his sleeve and manage a lower league cl- club. Yeah. And build your way up there. He seems to not want to do that. He seems to he think, just wants everything handed to him. Yeah, I'm just going to walk straight into the national team. Yeah, it's it's, it's a field national area and it's not considered as big, but that's I think that's what he thinks. He's like, well, I can't get England manager. I'll move into that one. Now he's going to take over David Beckham's club, and he thinks he's going to pull up trees there and just manage like like Forest Green or someone. Go <laughs> of, of, of around there, and then you'll see if you cut out for it. Because it's not easy. Yeah. He's not easy. And, and there's... Yeah, it's it's odd. It's like Gary Neville did the same thing where he, he, he didn't kind of even try and work his way up. He went from a pundit to... Who did he manage again in Spain? Who oh, he, shit. I can't remember. But he was, yeah, he was I can't. shocking. He was shocking. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> 
go and learn how to be a manager before you go and do things like that. That's, so, yeah, he doesn't seem to want to put in the work, for, uh, Phil Neville. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, like, if you take a comparison to another, like, United player that's gone into management recently, like, in Wayne Rooney, like, okay, Derby County are a more established club, as you kind of say, like, your Forest Greens or, or someone like that, but at least he's kind of learning as he goes rather than being put in a privileged position like oh even like if you think of like Solskjaer like Solskjaer like cut his teeth in Norway before getting a United like the United position and that's the way it should be because at least you could then know like if you're any good at it or if you want to pursue it rather than what the Phil Neville kind of thing feels like he's just like Oh well, I haven't got anything better to do, so I'll do this. Yeah, it's like it's like he takes jobs that are kind of like a fun-looking job, or like like oh, I'm gonna be isn't it crazy? There's a ex Man United player managing England women's. Where oh, isn't yeah, it, I'm the the manager of in Miami, and it's, it's yeah, instead of just getting a job and getting on with it, I think the way Rudy one's a bit odd though. I don't know why he's done this. I don't know why why they've done it because they went. Under him, when he was player manager, they weren't exactly getting results, and they're, <laughs> no. getting, and they're not getting results under him now. And then you've got the whole, they've got the financial troubles. You've got that the takeover attempt by those chances that like wasted our time, like a couple of years ago. Yeah, and yeah. Like it's not going through, and it's like <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. Does Wayne Rooney? Why does he really want to be manager of Derby? He can do. He's got so many options, and then Derby is there not a better manager you could get? than like a first time still yeah yeah yeah. i don't think wayne rooney's much older than me (laughs) (laughs) he's only only 36 isn't he i think he's only like a year older than me i think he's he's a bit older than that i think he's like 38 but yeah sure google (laughs) wayne rooney i'm pretty sure he's uh i don't know yeah he's fuck he's 35 35 is the same age as me. Jesus, he might even be younger. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. There like, you go. He could, he could have a playing career for another year. And I don't know why you would join like a, a team like Derby as your first job that are going to go through some changes by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. It's an odd one. I think that maybe the, I think maybe Derby just needs some good news. So they were like, let's get away with the manager. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work out. Maybe I'll be proved wrong. They're a strange team, Derby, as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then on other appointments that we've kind of seen, this is it's still kind of football related, but not necessarily management. But the the kick it out organization, obviously, most people over in in the UK will know them. But they're the sort of anti racist organization that works closely within the football organization. Uh, they've recently appointed a new CEO in uh, Tony Burnett, who. It's not a name that I was familiar with, but he's like a, from a kind of a policing sort of diversity officer background. Now, like even just this season alone, there's been sort of incidents of like racism within football, and it's just fucking horrific that this still exists. Mm-hmm. Them having a new CEO because I think like they've kick it out have always been an organisation that. Yes, they do incredible stuff, but I don't think they necessarily... It might just be the powers that be that they haven't got 
the oomph that if is you're needed. Say you don't think they do enough? Then I I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, 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 I maybe they don't do, saying they don't do enough. Well, they don't do enough because it's not working, is it? So maybe they're not doing enough. But so I don't know what this new appointment is going to bring to it. I, I, I did some research on him and I was like, this can certainly used to be a copper, but then yeah, that was my first reaction. Is that so. just me being a been a is that just like a little like but then or then did he use did he did he do good things in in that role in that place? So I don't really know much about him, but I just you can hire change your CEOs as much as you want, but it. If, if it, things aren't working, and it's hard to address this as a, as a, as like a, a, a white a white man because yeah, it's not it well it affects me it makes me sad it's horrible to see but like I'm not the, the, getting the brunt of it and so it's just hard to comment on but from my perspective they don't do enough and because it, it's Ivan Tony I think the the, the Brentford ex Newcastle she never sold him but Brent. Brentford striker has just been abused online, and I, yes, I, I, yeah. I think it's time to go scorched earth on it. Scorched fucking earth! You fucking abuse someone in the ground, banned for life. Don't even try it. You know, no, no forgiveness, no second chance. You, you use racial language against someone and plays it when That's it, lifetime ban. Scorched earth. No, oh, they've changed. You know better than that. You're a grown adult. You know better. You know what those words mean, and you, and then you need to know what the consequence is going to be. I don't know if this. Yeah. Is, I don't. That's the thing we can get out. I don't know what they do apart from release statements after something racist has happened they go oh that's not cool uh, <laughs> so maybe i've been too hard on them but i just honestly believe now and it obviously lies with the premier league and it lies with law enforcement the scorched earth now i think if you get caught abusing players over the internet i think lifetime ban you uh, you know what you're doing when you use those words when you when you engage in that kind of behavior. So I just think now it's 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 only growing, 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 and you have the ability to, no matter how anonymous an, an internet account is, you have the ability to find out who it is. And I just think, yeah, no forgiveness, you're banned. Yeah, and, people, and I think people would think twice about it because trying to trying to. I, I don't know if this is me just being so pessimistic with this country, but it's getting worse and people aren't learning and they're not learning and you're trying to explain it to them and they don't, if, if they're that way inclined, they're not getting it. They're not getting it. All right, then you're not going to get it from a point of view of asking you to have understanding and empathy and you're not, you're not going to get it from that. So maybe you need to get it from fucking other ways and you can't have your nice things anymore because you're fucking ruining, <laughs> you're ruining for everyone and you're, 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 and, and, it goes down. I I don't know. Saying this is a white man, the taking a knees thing now is just. It meant one thing in America, and I don't think it means the same thing in the slightest in the U, in the UK. It just seems to be some arbitrary symbolic gesture that, mm. that isn't doing anything. Like someone is going to racially abuse Ivan Tony online. They're not. They haven't just looked at. They they, they won't just see people taking a knee before a game now and go, oh, do you know what? I'm not going to racially abuse someone today. Yeah, yeah. It's an odd one. It's not, it, it doesn't mean the same thing as it meant in America and why it was so powerful and important in America. Here, it's just kind of like, they take a knee and then the commentators say, oh, well, we're against... And it's just, it feels like a kind of backpatting... Uh... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, when they first started doing it, it was 
very kind of like it was, again it wasn't as powerful as sort of like when Colin Kaepernick did it like the yeah. first time round but, but, and but stuff if, like if, that. if black sorry to remember but if black players find say that it, it does uh it is important and they do want to continue doing it then their opinion obviously holds is a lot oh of course yeah what I think it stands for but then you have players like there was the Nottingham Forest striker coming out uh he's um He's a uh, mixed race. He he came out against kind of he won't be kneeling down anymore. Saying similar things to I what I say is it, but mm. he, more, he was a bit more he went in on like Black Lives Matter and stuff. It was quite a controversial thing. But what I'm saying is we should yeah, we should be taking a, a knee and and or, or doing a symbolic gesture. Say we don't want racism, but until you're stopping people from behaving like they're behaving, then then what does it what does it mean? So if this new guy is coming from kick it out, and maybe he's coming from law enforcement. Maybe he has the experience to go. All right, then let's let's be harsher on the, on the people who do it. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I don't want to be on ground with racists like at all. Like uh, it sh- it shouldn't still be happening, and it's because how what, what what's the punishment these days for saying race for being racist? You get like a two year ban or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, it's not enough. I think lifetime ban. It's not like. I know people say things in the moment, but it, it, it's different. You know what you're saying. You know, it's not the same as going, oh, you fucking dickhead. It's not the same thing. You know what the words mean. Everyone knows now. You, there can be no one who can feign ignorance in the slightest. So you know what you do when you do it. And that's it. I, I think lifetime bans from doing it in person, doing it on, online. So hopefully... yeah. I just, I just want it. I just want to kick it out to come out and be like, scorched earth, motherfuckers. This is it now. You fucking, re- you racist. You're fucked. You, you're gone. You're not. You're not. You don't get to enjoy the game anymore. And that's the thing. Like, so I'm not 100 percent sure if this is about the Tony incident, but yeah. I, I found like a thing that Brentford had put up. I'm, I'm assuming it is because I think it's only a couple of days ago. But the the guy who it was, they've so they've uh, um, Brentford have already issued a lifetime ban for the individual. Oh, good. Remove removed his season ticket from our new stadium and told him he cannot. I think. Well, I'm not again. I'm not sure if this is related to the Ivan Tony thing oh, okay. or if it's another another incident. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he's but he's been told that he cannot watch our team at any of our venues. Blah blah blah. But then, in like later on, it says in the in the thing, um, the uh, is, the club has taken action against the the person as soon as the video became aware, and the club engaged with Kick It Out and its stuff. So, yeah. I'm guess like it might, as I say, it might be the more sort of behind the scenes stuff that we don't see from Kick It Out that mm. that maybe this guy needs to make more vocal, so people like you and me have a better understanding of what they do and yeah. are able to implement more punishment. Yeah, I, yeah, I would like a better understanding of of what the... Maybe this is to be just being an ignorant shit and not doing enough research and not looking at it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I could say, they show me, I maybe... I need to do some more finding out of information myself instead of being ignorant shit and just whinging about them. But from the surface, you would just like to see just, yeah, just more happening. I, I don't... It, it's it's just so upsetting that this is still happening. And now, unfortunately, there's more ways to do it. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you, you're not having, like, the abuse that players got in, the, say, the 80s as much anymore. 
but you still get some, which is appalling. But now they, now people can do it, what how they think anonymously online, and you get you get children doing it. It's just yeah, so yeah, yeah. And it's it's just it, what I hate this about our game. It, it's just the intolerance of it and the anger and the toxic. I don't want to talk to masculinity, but like it is though, isn't it? The fact that we still yeah. can't have openly gay players is just beyond me. Yeah, this day and age, and it, it's one of the few sports that is still is still so weighed down with all these issues, and it's and it it's such a fun, and it should be just such a more inclusive sport. And so maybe I'm complaining about about the knee and feeling like it's just a gesture, but maybe every little helps to make this a more inclusive game. Because yeah. Just is so sad that people are getting abused by abused by children. Ian, Ian Wright is getting abused by children over the internet, and yeah, we still can't have uh, we still can't have openly gay players. Uh, when are we going to have uh, female management, proper management in the game? And just yeah, it's just stuck. It's kind of got it got stuck at two thousand. It's not moving, and then. It's just a strange. It's just strange. The biggest, the biggest sport in our country, or the world, is just in our country at least is so kind of like just stuck in the dark ages, and it's, it's still so uninclusive when it should be a family, a positive family uh, experience going to the football. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and just one more kind of final thing on sort of Tony Bennett, as I say, like don't know a whole lot about him, but obviously he's coming from this kind of diversity um anti-discrimination sort of background yeah and a policing background and just because obviously kick it out is a football organizational body do you think like again i don't know the ins and outs of it but do you think that maybe if they had sort that they needed someone in this position that comes from that background or would it have made more sense if it was like a former black player that knows the game? I don't, I don't know. Am I just maybe making it a bit too simple? That, that's a good point. Someone who is experienced it knows knows it inside out and knows has experienced the, the 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 aspects of it. I think that would make more sense. But then I don't know. Do they have experience in then running a company like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's. But I don't I don't see why you can't have maybe two people in in those high positions running kind of you've got one play one with experience in that aspect and one in the other aspect but i don't know i i i, I really I, I need to look, look into kick it out more and and see yeah <laughs> yeah i don't i just don't i'm not seeing improvements in any facet of this and it just seems to be getting worse but that that's kind of indicative of of, of the this country at the minute yeah it's yeah, it's the biggest biggest sport in this country, most popular sport. So it's it's just following kind of how our country's going. Yeah, they do they get them into the corners, into the, that corner, and then you stand on the bed and give it a shake. The last domestic job that I did was actually this morning when I emptied the dishwasher. Do I know how to fold the sheets on my bed? No, I don't know how to fold my sheet. I say I don't know. I, it's just not something that I've ever done. It's going to sound silly, this, but I can make an omelette, which is one of my favourite breakfasts. The veggies in the in the veg drawer. The butter goes on the shelf with the eggs. I don't know how to iron a shirt. No, to be honest with you, I want to learn how to make a really good pasta. Cool. Right. Well. We'll get on to the, the more fun side of this show um, and how we always kind of like round things up. I hope I've is... done this right. 
Um, well, we'll find out. Um, is we br- we bring punks literally onto the pitch. So I ask my guests to make up a starting eleven of like musicians and stuff. Like that. Okay. So, um, we'll start off. Have you got a formation? Four four two, proper old school. Like okay, I like it. You've got left proper left backs, centre backs. You've got you've got the enforcer midfielder like breaks up play, the kind of David Batty style, and then I've got a box to box midfielder, and then I've got two up front. Like proper nice. four four two. Right. We'll start in goal. Who have you got in goal? I've got I've got Joey Ramon in goal. Oh, okay. Interesting. Like, for reasons he's 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 very chill, calm under pressure, <laughs> I would think. He's long. He was very. He's very tall, Joey Ramon. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like he's. I feel like he's agile. He's. I know he doesn't, yeah. move, he doesn't move too much for like a, for like the band he plays in, but I feel like he's secretly agile. Uh, he's, he looks. He just looks bendy and and like, <laughs> doesn't he? Uh, sunglasses mean the sun won't get in his eyes. Uh, <laughs> you really thought about this. I like cocaine probably makes you a bit more aware. Improve <laughs> 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 his reaction time. So yeah, Joey Brilliant. Right. So go on then. Who's your your centre back pairing? Centre back pairing is Andy Williams. Uh, every time I die, uh, mate, mate, he has appeared in this <laughs> so many times. He's getting annoyed with me. I it's think because he's a fucking man. And Andy yeah. and uh, and Pete Steele. Oh yes! I've just got two proper big, strong, but like obviously we know Andy Williams is athletic because he's 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 the butcher, he's a wrestler. But yeah. I reckon Pete Steele might have been able to move. You didn't see much of it, but just two big, strong, secretly athletic men. Like just, you're not getting past those two defenders. No. Like Pete Steele's no. eight foot tall as well, so he's always going to win your headers and just icy. But I think I think I think Andy will be the kind of like more aggressive. Aggressive defense centre back, and then you've got kind of Pete Steele, the more stoic, sensible defender. Because I think you need that. You need you need, yeah. you need you need the kind of like sensible defender who's just going to get rid, and then you need the kind of more wild card centre defender. Yeah, I think so. Like if I bring this to Pompey, I can imagine it like being when we had Sylvan Distan and Linvoy Primus as our centre backs. Yeah. That you've got one who's very sort of calm and measured on the ball, and the other. Just hoofing it and getting it. Yeah, yeah. We we had. I think more most recently we had uh, Mike Williamson and uh, Colaccini. So you've got the you got the yeah tall, yeah yeah. You've got the tall, just hoof it, stick a foot in defender with Williamson, and then you've got Colaccini. You'll like play on the ball a little bit. He'll keep the ball. Like he'll he'll, he'll try and pass it out a bit more. And you then you've got like the mix. So you've got one will one will get rid and one will like try and start playing. And that's what you yeah you yeah. I'm not sure Andy okay. is the college uni type, but he's closer to that than Pete Steele is. <laughs> <laughs> cool, right. You've got uh, uh, left wing, uh, left back and right back. Left back, I've got Chris Callahan of, of nice. uh, Burning Love sect. Uh, uh, I've got him because he's passionate. Uh, I think he's just reliable. He's, uh, he, I know he's small, but he'd be quick. And then yeah. he's, um, he's straight edge, so I think he will mix well for, with my left winger. Well, I'll remember. Okay. Uh, right back, I've gone for Hub of uh, Shy Talk, um, Pure Graft. Used to, used to be my bandmate in Lovotchkin. Yeah. Uh, just because he fancies himself as a good footballer. And I think, <laughs> I'm not sure if you, I'm going to tell him to listen to this, but I just think it'll make him happy to be included. 
<laughs> just happy to be there. Just to give Shy Talk uh, a shout out if you haven't listened to Shy Talk yet, I thoroughly recommend checking them out. I think there's a couple of songs yeah, on Spotify, just kind of in the kind of piss jeansy, stompy kind of like. Oh, sick! Punk mode, mode. Just it's like it's like they're kind of like piss jeansy, but more keyboards, bit and like more the more fun and sarcastic than like aggressive. But yeah, Shy Talk, S H Y. Uh, T-A-L-K. Nice. We'll but, definitely yeah, check that out. Legs aren't what he used to be, but he's, he can spot a good ball and he's just enough <laughs> of like a shit house to fit in with his team. But yeah, we'll move side and pure graph. Cool. Uh, so who is your central mid-fearing pairing? Right, I've got Ryan McKenney from Trap Them. Oh, uh, yes. Midfield enforcer, hard, terrifying, tenacious. Yeah. That's what you need. Probably is the Roy, Roy Keane as a as a musician. Yeah. I mean, like last time I saw him before Trapman broke up, he was just after the he broke both his feet or his ankles jumping. From yeah. So I saw him in Sheffield, and he was in a wheelchair. Wheelchair. Yeah. And he was still fucking terrifying. I still thought there's a good chance he might break out and just murder me. Uh, <laughs> he kept like he kept like going to ram his. He's like he kept trying to like ram his um, wheelchair like off the stage at the crowd, and he kept having. Oh like, my god! He kept having like stop himself from doing it. It was like hilarious to watch. Just a man having to like just completely ignore his like instincts. To yeah, yeah. Himself, but yeah, yeah. Ryan Kelly from Trap Them. Just not. No one's getting past it. He'll, he'll break up play if you kill. He'll take chunks out of people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, if, then, and if not, he'll just scream in your face and you'll yeah, run away from him. One of my favourite frontmen and vocalists of all time. Just his yeah, man. Stage presence, just yes. Then I've got centre field, Nate Newton, Converge. Oh, yes. Riders. Uh, he's my box-to-box because he, he, he's fast. Uh, he, play, he can play yeah. fast, but he can slow it down. He knows how to slow it down. He's, uh, he's skilled. He's versatile. I don't think Nate Newton's ever made a bad record, no matter what band he's played in. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, Nate Newton, just just box to box. You know he'll give it you all. Just he's just he's got that power as well. I think it's the bass he uses, but you know that power and just yeah, he'll be like just you, Kevin Nolan. If you want to play yeah. football term, <laughs> box to box, he'll he'll get up for you. He'll score ahead. He'll win. He'll he'll connect with a knockdown from a taller striker, but then he'll get back and defend as well. And he'll also yeah. put himself about. Yeah, Nate Newton. And I think that's the only time you're going to hear Nate Newton compared to Kevin Nolan. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of this podcast. <laughs> uh, cool, right. Who have we got as wingers then? Left wing, Lemmy, just because he'll be full of speed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I see the connection. <laughs> yeah, and that's why you need uh, Chris Callahan. You've got, so you got, you've got the straight edge left back just... If Lemmy goes too far forward or just gets a bit silly, you've got a reliable, sensible kind of... He's going yeah. to cover for him. Uh, but but then I think they'll have a really good understanding because, like, you've heard Burning Love. That was just... That seemed like kind of motorhead, thin listening yeah, yeah. worship. So, like, I think... Uh, you you know Chris Collins are motorhead fans. So you just... I think they'll have that understanding, but they'll be different enough that, that he'll be able to cover for him. When, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lemmy will... Uh, obviously go off the rails during the match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's on the right? Uh, right, I've got Rizzo from Wu-Tang Clan. Just, oh, nice. Just skillful, athletic, inventive and smart. He'll, he'll just be clever and he'll, he'll, yeah. try, he'll try different things. 
and just just yeah like a, a really good cultured like right winger who's just just he's going to try something different and he's going to outsmart his defenders he's going to outsmart his markers and yeah yeah, Rizzo. and then you know he's like you know he's athletic with his with his knowledge of kung fu. It's just yeah, <laughs> I just think, yeah. I think he'd just be a very useful right winger. Cool, right? Who's banging in the goals then? Who's up front? Right, I've got one lesson forwards is Roots Maneuver. Nice, uh, just cool, athletic. Uh, he just seems like he's got ice in his veins. He's just so chill. Uh, so I want him on a penalty, and then if you watch the witness video, you just know he'll be 100% competitive to like, yeah, to his own detriment and to maybe the team's detriment, but you know he'll be give 100% and he'll be a little shit house to get it. <laughs> cool. And then my other centre forward and my captain, Bruce fucking Springsteen, because who is more nice, who is more reliable than Bruce Springsteen? Just have, yeah. I'm normally against captains being goalkeeper or forwards because I think. Goalkeeper, you should be, you should be, and uh, you should be bossing your area, and you should be giving yeah. out to people. So I, I don't like when goalkeepers are captain because I feel like you cut down on a on a captain. You should have two captains. And I don't normally like strikers to be captain because I just feel like they're a bit away from the action. The yeah, yeah, agreed. Bad, like a defender or a midfielder to be, but then obviously I'm a Newcastle fan, and we our captain for many years is Alan Shearer. So I think when you, which obviously makes a lot of sense that here's our captain. Yeah. When you make you can make special, special, uh, yeah, you can have a, a I can make a, yeah a compromise for Bruce Springsteen to be captain. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen leading the line, just being reliable. He'll get your goals, and he'll yeah, and he just that winning smile. He'll just he'll do it. <laughs> bring, 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 bring back some joy to football. Have Bruce Springsteen on front. <laughs> Perfect. Brilliant. Si, thank you very much for, for your team. Thank you for, for having the chat with me. Um, hopefully, things brighten up for Newcastle in the, in the future. Oh, God. I hope so. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take Ashley leaving. It really is. It's yeah. going to take some luck in staying up first. And then it's going to take some luck with, I don't know. Because if, 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 if this takeover doesn't happen, which I'm... 95% sure it's not going to unfortunately there's obviously a lot of Newcastle fans who think different to me and it's become quite a toxic place Newcastle Twitter yeah we've got we've, got, we've hit that argument of the people who think the takeover is going to go through are more support um, better supporters than who don't think it is and we've even got the point now where people are saying if you're not from Newcastle you're not a proper supporter which is bullshit <laughs> but <laughs> We're at that, and that's how toxic Twitter's got Newcastle. Twitter, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's a shame. But so yeah, we stay up, something happens, maybe. Because even under Ashley with Rafa, like there was hope that we could pull something off. But just at the minute, there's just not. <laughs> but, but thank you for having me. This has been loads of fun. I was really nervous. No, no. I talk too quickly sometimes and I don't enunciate very well. So I was a bit worried about the quality I would be as a podcast guest. Nah, you're all good, my friend. You're all good. <laughs> anyway, I will definitely chat to you soon. And yeah, man. Yeah. I'll, yeah, stay in contact and I hope, I hope I see you soon when this all yeah, man. finishes. <laughs> cool. All right, take it easy, dude. Bye now.